Wow, look at your shoes. They are colorful. Hey, Wes, how are you doing, sir? <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. Hey, we'll take them all. All right. So good morning, guys. How are you all doing today? You're good? Good? Okay, good. Lincoln, you good, boss? All right. He was pumping some iron Friday night, and he passed that on the table, so I'm glad he's doing really well today. So let's see what we can talk about. Uh, not talking about, see if we remember what we talked about last week. So what had God promised to Abraham? Do you remember from last week's teaching? To make him a great nation that would what? Bless all. Okay, that's one of them. We'll get there in a minute. Yep. Um, he will, to bless all nations, right? God would do this by giving Abraham a great family and a great land. Okay, did God keep his promise right away when he told Abraham about uh, this? No, he didn't. What did he do? How many years passed? Ten? Lots of them, right? So it says, So many years passed without Abraham and Sarah having a single child. And they continued to live as strangers in Canaan. Okay? So now let's open our Bibles to Genesis chapter 17. Oh, you already got one. Look at you. Can you read it for me or not yet? Yeah? Okay. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll read it this time. Then next time I'll let you read. Okay? <laughs> All right, so Genesis 17, and we're going to look at verses 9 through 14. Genesis 17, 9 through 14. And okay, now here are the questions I'm going to ask you after I read, okay? It says, how were Abraham and his family supposed to keep God's covenant? What did God call circumcision? What would happen to a man in Abraham's family who was not circumcised? Okay, y'all ready? All right, remember, there's a test afterwards. So God said further to Abraham, Now as for you, you shall keep my covenant, you and your seed, after you uh, throughout their generations. This is my covenant, which, which you shall keep between me and you, and your seed after you. Every male among you shall be circumcised, and you shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskin, and it shall be the sign of the covenant between me and you. And every male among you who is eight days old shall be circumcised. Throughout your generations, one who is born in the house or one who is bought with money from any foreigner who is not from your seed, <clears throat> a servant who is born in your house or who is bought with your money shall surely be circumcised. Thus shall my covenant be in your flesh for an everlasting covenant. But an uncircumcised male who is not circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin that person shall be cut off from this people. He has broken my covenant. Okay? All right. So there's a lot to cover here. So the first one says, How were Abraham and his family supposed to keep God's covenant? All the men were supposed to be what? Circumcised. Circumcised right. Only the boys. Okay? So this was a sign, right? It was a sign of what? God's what? Promise. Covenant. His promise, right? Yes. So cutting off the foreskin of every man and boy, that was a requirement. It didn't matter if you were a slave uh, or anything like that, right? You had to have it. Okay. Well, what did God, God call a circumcision? So you, we said it just now. It was a promise, right? It was a covenant. It's a sign of his covenant uh, with Abraham's family. Okay. It was a picture of the grace and salvation that God promised to Abraham. Okay. Now, what would happen to a man in Abraham's family who was not circumcised? 
They would not receive the promise, right? They'd be cut off from his people. That's exactly right. And so we see that here. This is a sign, right? It's a, uh, it's a symbol. <clears throat> now, so circumcision is a picture of the salvation God would bring about through judgment. Okay? Now, the salvation of God's people always comes through judgment on sin and Satan. Okay, so think of a group of soldiers, okay, who have been captured by their enemy. They are locked in a prison. They're starved. They're beaten. Their only hope of rescue is the enemy being defeated, right? So salvation for these captives would come only through judgment on their enemies, right? They would have to be rescued by somebody, right? Conquered by somebody to be saved. It is the same with us. By nature, we are enslaved to sin and Satan, okay? So we too are like those soldiers, but we're slaves to sin, to Satan, okay? But as God promised to Adam and Eve, salvation would come through the crushing of Satan's head. Do I remember what chapter in Genesis that is? That's in? Remember, right after Adam and Eve had sinned, God told him that he would work the land and she would have pain in birth. Then she told Satan that he would, his head would be crushed. Remember that? And that's in chapter 3, Genesis 3, verse 15. Okay, So it would come only through another dying in our place. Who's going to die in our place? Jesus Christ, right? Yes. Suffering the curse our sin deserved so that, so that our shame shall be covered. Okay? And that's in Genesis 3.21 as well in that same little section there. So God had taught Abraham this through the dead animals in the covenant ceremony of Genesis chapter 15. Okay? Do you remember that? Whenever he split the meat open, the animals open, and he walked in the middle. So God taught him that this. He taught, he taught him this. Okay? And now again through the sign of the covenant, he says, A piece of skin would be cut off with a sharp knife. In cutting off their flesh, Abraham's family was learning from God that they needed sin to be cut off from their hearts. So it was a symbol, okay? So he was doing this to men. He would cut their skin off and kind of replicate the same thing. We see this in Deuteronomy chapter 30. Then it says, More than that, God was pointing them to the coming Savior. Just as the foreskin of these baby boys was to be cut off, Jesus would cut off from the land of the living in his death, okay? He would bear his people's sins so that they could be saved. By the judgment of his death, salvation would come to the nations. God was making sure this amazing promise to Abraham in the sign of circumcision. It's a sign, right? It pointed to future things, okay? When your mom and dad are driving down the road and there's this sign that says, that does this, what does that mean? What's coming? A turn, a curve, right? It's the same thing. This sign points to something, okay? Um, all right, so what does salvation always I mean? Sorry, why does salvation always come through judgment? Remember, so if you have God who is good, you have to have something. If he's holy, yes, yes, exactly right. So because if God is to save us, he must defeat our enemies, right? If he wants to save us, like those soldiers, right? The only way you can rescue those soldiers, what's that? There has to be, exactly right, yeah. He has to be able to exercise His holiness, His mercy, right, His grace. And so, our sin must be judged if we are to be delivered from His guilt and power. Satan must be destroyed if we are to be freed from His kingdom. All right, so what does circumcision teach us about our hearts? So what does God need to cut out of our heart? 
Sin, that's right. It's the same thing. When you cut flesh off of somebody, it's just a symbol saying you need to cut this off you, right? But the most important thing in this is that God is cutting our sins from our heart, that we need to do that, right? And so then we, sh- then we would be able to love and serve God as we ought to. And we see this in Romans chapter 2, verse 29. Okay, so what does circumcision teach us about Jesus? He will keep his promise, right? The act of cutting off the foreskin pointed forward to Jesus' death, right? And that's how he's going to conquer the enemy, right? So on the cross, Jesus came under God's judgment. He was cut off from God's blessing so that he, would, he could receive God's blessing. He was cursed so that he could be saved. The cross is the greatest picture of God's salvation coming through judgment. You want your mom? No? <laughs> I can't tell what he's saying. Sorry. <laughs> All right, so we'll wrap it up here, okay? All right, so we'll pray that every member of our family would hold or uh, would behold Christ, right? Think about what he did, right? And how he conquered sin and death to free us like those soldiers, okay? So I want you to think about that and where you are. And uh, so as you go out through the week, you know, pray about that, that God will help grow you into a good Bible-believing Christian or that God would reveal your sin to you, right? So that you can become, have a, build a relationship with Him. So, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank You, Lord, for this illustration that You've given us. I pray, Lord, that um, some of these things may not be understood by the children, Lord, but it plants a seed in their mind. It helps some understand, Lord, the reality of what Your Bible says. Nothing to be ashamed of, Lord. This is Your truth. And we thank you, Lord, for the signs that, we've, uh, that you've given us. We thank you, Lord, now that we're on this side of the cross and we no longer need to do this. And that um, you have fulfilled this, Lord. And we just thank you, Lord, that uh, your promise has been fulfilled. And now, Lord, we pray that uh, we serve you well. We thank you, Lord. We love you. We pray in your name. Amen.